the library claims to be the world's biggest collection of disappearing sounds. There was like the boing. Just a beep. It doesn't have this wrong sound. It's just like they had this. Oh. Hi and welcome to episode 39 of Tech Review. Every week we gather to discuss the hottest topics in technology, innovation and social media. On camera four today we have... <laughs> camera four, there is Chris. On camera two, there is Henrike. On camera one, hi, this is me, I'm Tarek. And of course you can follow us on one of our many social media channels. Uh, since we are a collaboration of Ideas Engineering, Free Tech Academy and Update.com. You can watch all of our episodes on YouTube, but if you prefer to just listen to our beautiful voices while working out, driving a car or flying through space, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and of course all major podcast platforms. <laughs> so, what happened this week? Let's start with... Henrike. Oui. Which one is uh, it? Check out this library of obsolete sounds. Ah, yeah. That's a, that's a good one. It's a rather short article, but the library of obsolete sounds is that what's interesting about it. Um, so I saw this article in The Verge, for those of you who are just listening to us. And um, the library claims to be the world's biggest collection of disappearing sounds or sounds that are soon to become obsolete. Um, so far, they have over 150 sounds available. Also, some remixes from artists who like make you know make use of these rare sounds and make something new out of it and also some information about it if you scroll down there's at the end of the article is the link to the library actually and i found it really interesting going through this library because i saw something like um examples like the nokia 8210 <laughs> ringtone which is very famous is it um, this? there um, you can also find the sound of a modem connecting to the oh, yeah. internet. Amazing. Um, <laughs> what I also found also found interesting is like a light switch. But then I was like, oh yeah, if you have like rooms where the light goes on and off automatically, you do not have the sound of a light switch anymore. So also soon to become obsolete. Um, there was a coffee grinder, old cash register. There's so many interesting sounds there. What I found really funny was a shepherd singing to his sheep. It's also in there. And I, I mean, it makes sense. It's like a very, you know, it's it's a dying kind of profession, uh, probably. So um, soon this also nobody will, will use of that, make use of that anymore. So I just thought like I bring this here because for me immediately, I also thought about sounds that I haven't found in there yet, but are like from the past where I'm like, when I think about it, I haven't heard these sounds in a while. For example, when you rewind a cassette, <laughs> that was like one of the first things. It's also very, you know, like 20 years ago, this was all around. And now it's like, uh, haven't had that in a while. Um, and then I also thought about the 2000s when I saw this Nokia ringtone. I thought about the times where, A, you had foldable uh, cell phones. Yeah. And, you Snap. know, like this, there was also, <laughs> exactly. 
and all the yamba ringtones that you could buy back then like very monotone or then at some point it was also dual kind of tone and not every phone was able to to play these and so it's super fun to go through this library and also think about what tones are actually still missing there and i just wanted to bring it here because maybe you also instantly have now a sound in mind that you're like i haven't had this in a while and due to technology and new products and it's 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 just gone and it's not needed anymore right especially uh when you say phone it's true Uh, i immediately thought about um the the uh ringer phones where you pull the the number Uh, i actually grew up with this when i was a child this And later, exactly. the, the dials from the telephone. You have the phone in your hand and then it makes... <laughs> Today, yeah. you don't hear it anymore because you don't dial. You have like yeah. people in your contact list. You click and then <laughs> the person is on the, on the, on the line. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And the dial-up modem. Yeah, it was the most joyous sound because I was finally back on the internet. <laughs> yeah, and I mean... I mean, it's like, I found it interesting because it's it's a no-brainer, actually, when you think about it, that some sounds are just becoming obsolete. But it's uh, you're not we're not really aware of that most of the time, because when you think about technology progress and new stuff, you think about how a product um, changes, how the experience in itself changes, but that it's also connected to our senses and that's like certain sounds are then just gone and not needed anymore yeah. that is um that i found really um really cool to be reminded of yeah, due yeah. to this library now yeah. but some sounds also come back right if you think about like the the scratching on vinyl um, yeah. discs <laughs> so that True. was um annoying that certain point in time in the 70s, 80s, but now actually this is coming back. So people actually um, take this scratching sound again and do it or underlie it actually under their tracks Mm. just to make it a little bit more authentic or um, lo-fi. A little bit more, yeah. Yeah, it's it's true. Yeah, Yeah. it's the sense of nostalgia and um, the the good old times. But uh, yeah, I, I know on TikTok there is there are so many videos where parents are sitting down with their young children and they show like uh, a certain sound separates our generations and uh, they play for example this modem scri- screeching uh, sound and you see uh, the the father like smiling and being happy and the child has no idea what this means. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell me what about. is this about? Right. Yeah. Or there the was one example. Yeah. 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 yeah, that was also. Or, or the floppy disk 1541, right? When yeah. The, so, do you do you remember that? The Commodore? Absolutely. 64? Yeah, that's why, where I and, learned programming. <laughs> all right, yeah. And even a little bit before that, there was the test build and just the beep. Yes. <laughs> so, and also, test build, that is something, I mean, that is a visual thing, but that has gone, right? And nobody um, knows that. Um, if, if they have born after 2000 or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or the <laughs> analog TV, right? Uh, you had to move like the antenna, then you had the static uh, uh, scratching in the background and the poor uh, image, but you, you were happy because you were able to see something. Yeah. 
Oh, and there so, was also always the noise with these old TVs when you turned them on that there was like the uh, boing. I don't know how to describe <laughs> it, but this sound to it when it was actually then on and that right. now you just press the button and it's there. You do not have this background yeah. noise. I, after this episode, I'm going to have to make a super cut of all of us trying to imitate these sounds like boing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this boing was really top notch now. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> we can we can create like an alternative library of people imitating <laughs> old sounds that do not exist anymore. <laughs> or like oh oh oh, oh the the uh my the first instant messenger that I used was ICQ, and they had this oh, oh. <laughs> these these sound effects when mm. when you get a message it was always like oh my god someone is messaging me oh, oh. <laughs> yeah but sometimes sounds are also useful right like if you think uh, about the um, electrification of of cars for instance yeah. so they are so um, quiet and you do not recognize them. Even if they are like just behind you, and um, of course it is also a little bit dangerous. So totally. most people uh, don't get it that they are actually more or less being crashed by a car uh, in the next moment. So um, I think there's even the idea of taking motor sounds back, digital motor sounds into the um, electric cars, just yeah. to give an idea uh, to the pe to the um, foot pedestrians, yeah, guys, passenger pe pedestrians, yeah. Um, that uh, actually car is um, well coming over, yeah. so that might be helpful. Or like one of those obsolete sounds. I mean, doesn't uh, Tesla <laughs> also have like a customizable um, the, the horn. honking yeah, noises? Yeah, yeah. Um, and if you like now have this library of these sounds that are like disappearing, and you instead of like having the motor sound, but maybe like a um, <laughs> Toilet flush actually was also in this list. And I thought, how is this disappearing? Like, toilet flush sound is still around. <laughs> But if the car announces itself with this kind of distinctive sound, I mean, it could be funny, a funny variety yeah. um, on our streets. It's then. a great upselling feature. Yeah. You, you uh, sell like uh, more, you, you pay more for your car. And uh, for this, you get this custom library of honking sounds or, or even the... the, uh, the engine sound yeah so if you pay more your yeah. engine sounds more more uh Fun. expensive <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and you can hack in there and you get like it's, a, it's this is not a fan like the nokia honk <laughs> if you honk then it makes yeah but this doesn't sound dangerous right so um if you hear or maybe just like uh um bird voices or something so if, if you just hear that um, you probably like wouldn't be alert yeah. and oh that's nice that's <laughs> true exactly yeah so, but oh, the thing is, it, does, it, it doesn't it doesn't have this <laughs> sound it's just like true <laughs> then you're yeah this is very true chris <laughs> yeah there was this um uh, this advertisement so i think it was called the sound of silence or something and you saw all those cars driving without any noise and i thought wow mm. um is that really the future i want to live in like quiet future you don't hear the cars you're just being crashed by them yeah. but you don't recognize uh, <laughs> yeah. at, at least not from the beginning yeah so mm. yeah yeah but 
I, I think silence is not really the the thing that people want to have. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure people are going to invent these libraries of custom sounds and people enjoy the sound of a of an engine, right? And so they will create this as a feature. And um, in the future, you will not hear the engine anymore, but the sound design results of uh, the sound designer. And they say, this is the great, pleasing sound of the Tesla. Even though you do not hear the Tesla, it's like an MP3 or something. Very nice. <laughs> Very good. I did not know this. <laughs> I'm going to browse through this and I will customize all my system sounds with Nokia and ICQ sounds. And now, this... Let's jump to uh, my link. A bot that watched 70,000 hours of Minecraft could unlock AI's next big thing. And what uh, we are talking about here is imitation learning. Imitation learning can be used to train AI to control, for example, robot arms or uh, drive cars or navigate web pages like imitation. The researchers first the, the researchers that worked on this first hired crowd workers to play Minecraft for this example and they recorded their keyboard and mouse clicks alongside the video so while the video was recording and this gave them 2000 hours of annotated Minecraft play which they used then to match actions to these on-screen outcomes uh, usually imitation learning requires labeled videos where each action and matching outcome is labeled, like uh, doing this action makes this happen and doing that action makes that happen and so on. And this is, of course, a lot of manual labor and that's why it's so hard to create this, this data for training the AI. And the team at OpenAI, they uses this new approach called pre-training or VPT. And this is really amazing. Um, they are training another new neural network to do this labeling work instead of the workers. So we basically let one AI train another AI. Yeah? And the idea is that VPT is capable to train bots how to use, for example, websites for booking flights or buying groceries, um, but also like training robots to do physical things by observing how people are doing this. And I'm so curious to see if one day this means that uh, computers or, or uh, AI can work these two approaches together where in real time a human instructor can simply show the machine how a task is done and the machine is observing and understanding out of this context. And this prototype is, is really, really amazing by, by automating the training process of the machine. So, so literally having an IA train another AI. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> I was just waiting to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but but it's true. To sum it up, yeah. I mean, so far, so far, it's it's always this, um, this this thing. We are building an AI and are afraid of this, but we only have the AI to worry about the AI that we created. And now we are training AIs to train other AIs. So what could go wrong? <laughs> Chris, That's any thoughts? Exactly can go thing. wrong, will go wrong. <laughs> and you can sum that up, right? So this is just the first level of. Um, AI teaching AI. So you could like have various hierarchies in between and um, the whole thing is getting, well, more complex and complex. And in the end, you really have like the Terminator situation. Yeah. And I it's, it's not only science fiction. So it is <laughs> in the long run might be a possibility, even if it was not meant like that. Yeah, yeah. And I really like um, that they are working with 
Minecraft. I mean, Minecraft is not created to train AIs, but Minecraft is a great tool. And I think a lot of researchers are using Minecraft to, to uh, train their machines because it's a very simple application. It's a simple 3D animated uh, world. But the great thing is that uh, you can do a lot of things in there and you have this open world character. Usually if you're doing reinforcement learning, you have to define a specific outcome. Yeah, So one routine leads to a certain outcome, um, but this, this is very limited because you're, you're, you have a very strict set of um, applications. In an open world, you, you have these actions that cause a reaction and, and a result, but in this open world scenario where basically the machine can freely decide to walk like uh, straight ahead or turn left or something and use a tool to, to mine something in, in Minecraft. yeah. And so it's, it's really a great playground for AI researchers to let their AI run free and learn the game by itself. And now, this. Let's jump to Chris and Meta's new diplomacy agent. Yeah, that's actually quite cool. Um, so it's called Cicero. <laughs> um, it's a, indeed a new AI system presented by Meta. And the cool thing is that it can negotiate with uh, people in natural language and um, convince them of strategies, cooperate with them. And they actually have checked that uh, in a test environment, which is a strate strategy board, uh, uh, a game actually, and it's called Dipl Diplomacy. So the name is the program here. And um, so indeed, according to Meta, Cicero is the first language AI um, that can or was able to play on a merely human level, right? So in in this game, in dip diplomacy, so the, diplo the, the players actually negotiate um, the European balance um, before the First World War, right? So that's, of course, a highly diplomatic uh, thing there. And uh, Cicero actually was playing, I think, 40 online games, 72 hours, and um, it achieved more than twice the average score of human players and therewith belong to the top 10%. And um, in, this, in this online game, Cicero encountered like 82 different human players. And uh, it, by all of the other players, it was passed, it was recognized as a human player. And uh, that was really like quite striking, um, especially since the whole thing is, as I said, being based on natural language, right? So, and the core of the system is actually um, being based on, on two two platforms, so to say. So it's um, it, Citro actually works like with two systems and one plans the moves for you and the partner. And uh, the second si system actually converts the moves then into, into uh, natural language and explains them to the other players. And uh, it's, it's trying to convince the other players of your own strategy and everything. So this is the diplomatic um, uh, natural language aspect, right? And um, so what what the whole thing actually is used for uh, or actually is, is being based upon is, is this planning algorithm, right? And this optimizes the initial strategy, which is um, being based on some kind of forecast of, um, of, the, of, the, uh, of, the, of the system of Cicero. And at the same time, it stays, uh, it's, it tries to stay close to its original prediction, right? So it, on the one hand, it optimizes its own, the initial strategy, and, but it tries to stay close to the original prediction. And um, the whole thing is that the, the module actually predicts um, the strategy of the other players um, 
based on the game, on the current game state and on the previous dialogues that have been made by the other players. And um, yeah, so this is uh, what the whole system is more or less about. And according to Meta, the future use case, so to say, so the possible application scenario for um, a Cicero-like system is, of course, like some kind of advanced digital assistant um, environment, right? Where the, um, the bot, so to say, is able to hold longer and coherent conversations with the customer and with the people on the other end of the line. So that's more or less the idea. So the, the whole gaming thing is more or less the training area for a diplomat diplomatic bot that is able to, um, to deal with customers. My, my first thought was, can I use this uh, for negotiating salaries, for example? So having like this, this negotiation bot. And I mean, maybe, and this is of course just brainstorming, maybe in the future this will actually be a thing where you feed your uh, negotiation AI with your parameters, um, like your CV and your special skills and everything. And then this one goes into negotiation with the HR bot of your fu fu future employer and um, they can actually get the, the best deal out of uh, both worlds. Yeah, maybe it's it's not exactly what they had in mind with this bot, but this was <laughs> the first thing that, I, that came in, into my mind because I personally, I don't enjoy negotiating, right? And so I could imagine I want to have a bot doing this for me, <laughs> like hackling on the market or yeah, something. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, yeah, also in terms, not just if you like to do it, but also if you're skilled to, to do yeah. it. Not every one of us is a good negotiator, yeah. whether we like it or not. So um, this could also lead to at least a little bit more of fairness when it comes to negotiating salary, if, if we take that example, because it's independent from... Uh, whether you as a person have this soft skill um, or, you know, you make use of an AI who just like based on the facts is kind of negotiating for you. Uh, I would use that as well. <laughs> I'm not so sure because, I mean, on the other hand, if you um, actually have like two bots, two AIs uh, negotiating with each other. So um, then that would probably flow into some kind of, uh, in, in acoustics, you would call it a re resonance catastrophe. Cat <laughs> uh, so cause there's always one ringing the bell and the other one picks it up and then it's going up and up and up and up and yeah. then you're negotiating in that direction and the other one picks it up and has another argument and you have your argument against that. And so um, who can win in a system like that? Yeah, but I mean, technically, it's the same with human beings. Um, if you have people who are not willing to give leeway in their arguments and they simply uh, do not move from their position, you can also have this this checkmate situation where people simply stand on their on your opinion and there's no way back and forth, right? And so I could yeah. imagine that if you are you automate this with bots, you can at least make sure that at some point of time um, they, I don't know, f finish in, in, a, um, in a positive sense. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, you can, you can set the parameters that way that in the middle run, there might be some, there might be also the option of not giving up, but giving in maybe. Yeah. yeah. But then again, compromise, um, at, yeah. compromise at a certain level. Yeah. 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 But, but that should be then in for both of the, of the parties. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, uh, on, but, on the one but, hand, the, the sound... Just for the employer, not the employee. <laughs> <laughs> 
now we're at the point. Yeah, I mean, now that I'm thinking about, uh, it's probably not a good idea to use this for things like salary negotiation because right now I can negotiate my salary by my personal skill and I can train to uh, become a better negotiator. But if we take these systems in the future that negotiate things like salary, um, then I have a problem if I don't have the budget to buy a high-grade negotiation bot while my... I don't know, uh, really a rich employer has like the most uh, the most advanced uh, AI for negotiating and suddenly I have to pay, I have to work for free <laughs> because the, the bots negotiated this, this way. And uh, yeah, that's, that's probably another bad thing where uh, someone with a lot of budget can simply out buy the bot of of the other side so it's like yeah. like it always was yeah. money rules the world right exactly and um the crazy thing is in that sense you don't even have any influence on the on the outcome you just like put your bot into the game and then um you have to actually take what it um what it grabs out yeah. what it manages for you and if that is not the the wish result yeah then there is no need or no possibility actually for you to change that and that's not really Again, not really a future I would like to live in. Yeah, yeah. And that it's funny how, like, from a first initial good idea, we now <laughs> realize, like, ah, no, maybe better not. <laughs> yeah, but in terms of strategy bot, um, the the other scenario that pops into my mind is uh, war games, like the movie War Games, where the computer plays this game <laughs> of uh, nuclear war uh, and simulating what's the winning strategy out of this. And even though this this uh, bot is now about um, uh, negotiation strategies, not military strategies. I could imagine that um, it, it works similar, like uh, anticipating certain arguments and uh, preparing for them and going this route or this route and by training, uh, learning um, how to beat your opponent um, with, with uh, certain certain arguments. Yeah, So I'm, I, I would be really curious to see how this um, this model about this is actually working and, and if it's only working um good with human beings and or as uh, chris said um if there is a problem when ais are trying to outmaneuver themselves because they are not behaving um in a psychological human way yeah so it might be that this is actually optimized for a human or like outperforming human people <laughs> it's funny because i had the same association not really war games but also war games in another sense and th that is a discussion that we had like many years ago already which is um the uh putting ai into military um like strategies on the one hand uh, but also into military into the weapons mm. of course right so um if you have like the systems on the borders and there you have like the the superpowers standing uh, face to face uh, to each other and then Everybody is just waiting that the other side actually um, would would do some kind of failure, right? And if you have like human opponents on the one hand and on the other hand, on the other side, then they would think about a reaction as an answer to an action on the other side, right? Yeah. And then maybe they would not press the button because they think, okay, before I do that, I will really be sure. And I could imagine that that was not meant the way from the other side and, and let's let's wait a while but with a with a machine with an mm. ai it's really just cool thinking just cool strategies so and if you actually see 
um, a little weakness on the other side, then you have a little advantage at that moment, and then you do not have to wait. You just have to actually press the button. Yeah. That is the scenario we have discussed more than once. And um, the dangerous thing at the moment, I think, which is going on there in the discussion among the militaries is that um, the Americans say, yeah, we have to go into AI with our weapons because the other side does the same yeah. thing and um, they won't stop. So we have to do it ourselves. And although I read an article about that, that many half of them also of the people are in the military are not really um, like feeling good and, and not feeling well about that. Um, the other half says, yeah, but we have to do it. So if we don't do it, then we are definitely weaker because we only have humans, only have humans <laughs> on, on our side. Uh, so if um, there's a mistake on our side, the other side will take advantage of that because they have AIs and they are quicker. And if they start their rockets, then we do not have the, the chance to, to do the same. So um, mm. the, the second winner is the first loser. So And this is why they put their AIs then also on the borderline and... Um, on the front line and of course that is some kind of danger because you do not have the human controlling instance um in there right. and um it, it's of course another concept it's another environment but the but the idea is is the same right you have like just two systems working fighting against each other and then yeah, yeah. as said in the end the, it, it might lead to some kind of Catastrophe. 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 It's late. Yeah, we started. Uh, we started training the AI. Now we have AI training another AI, and in the future we will have the AI training human beings in like war strategies. <laughs> yeah, but. Here again, the question is why, or in the middle run, where and why would you need humans any longer yeah, right. if you actually erase the human aspect on every level? Yeah. That's, that's probably the title of this episode. Erase the human uh, element on all levels. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... Lovely when, episode. <laughs> lovely special today. Yeah, but the thing is, when you, when you read about the... Um, the people who are frightened about ta AI taking over and stuff, and they say, ah, that takes at least 100 years or at least 50 years or so, because that, that, that's so complex. But if I read, and if, I mean, we are in that, right? We see that every day. We see um, the DALI, and first it was just the pictures. Now we have the 3D models, which are being created by AIs, and it does not take long. Now they're even creating movies, I read. Yeah. And it does not take long until they uh, create then whole environments. So you would not need humans any longer maybe not this year and next year but then in two years five years ten years time so um that we shouldn't have any illusions on that um ais will get there if if we do not stop them but um <laughs> <laughs> but um if you can actually scale that to any um aspect of life right so um like from art as we just discussed it many times till uh, the military sector and I mean and, and the working sector of course as well and if if you take that higher and higher and higher level wise then in the long run you me we could ask ourselves why do we need the humans any longer and if we actually ask ourselves this question then a sophisticated AI could ask itself this question too thanks for these happy great thoughts. finishing <laughs> sentence <laughs> yeah, okay time to finish so <laughs> <laughs> right time to wrap it up 
But thanks for these uh, <laughs> very beautiful image uh, images <laughs> for tonight. I'm definitely not going to sleep tonight. <laughs> yeah, but uh, thanks for for your links on this uh, short episode 39 today, and thanks for everyone for tuning in and uh, see and hear you next week. Bye. If you are hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode and for that we here at Tech Review want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope this new episode was valuable for you and if it was, please give us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening to us right now. Share this episode with others who could also like it. Do you have a topic that you'd like to see covered in future episodes? Don't hesitate to tell us in the comments or on social media. We hope you'll be back for the next episode.